Hello and welcome to another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast. It's his number one motoring podcast. My name is Wandile Sishi, and once again, as always, joined by George Mini. Hi, George. I'm good, and you, Wandy? Not too bad. I uh, I woke up to some amazing news this morning. Um, tell me, tell me. I won the lotto. I won the lotto. I played the lotto quite. You know. Let, let me just pause there for a second. And you're still here. Well, I feel I w- flattered. <laughs> I feel really flattered. It was 225 rand, to be fair. But, oh, okay, <laughs> but, okay. All right, now that explains. <laughs> but I did actually win the lotto, so I feel good. You know, I spent about 10 rand, and to get a return of, of about 200 bucks is, uh, yeah. What return is that? 10 over 200, well, um, no, 200 and what, 225? Like 2,000% or something. 225, oh. 10 over 225. Uh, <laughs> that is a... Uh, fourfold, no, I lie. It is a twenty-fold increase. Uh, yeah, twenty-fold increase in uh, in uh, in return. Yeah, so, yeah, twenty-two and a half-fold increase. It's it's like probably the best return that you can get in any sort of scenario where you uh, for sure, uh, you know, kind of betting on anything. Uh, you and how long? What was the period? Um, what do you mean? What was the period? Like when did you invest and when did you get the return? So I maybe invested two days ago, which was about ten rand. Because um, it was two tickets. Two, two days ago. Two days ago. And okay. And the lotto occurred, I think it was yesterday. And I got my, well, the announcement came this morning that I So what's won. that, three days, four days? Yeah. Three days. So three days, that's um, uh, effectively um, 121. <laughs> yes, I am. 22.5 <laughs> multiple uh, times... Uh, divided by three days times 365. <laughs> that is a 2,700 multiple yeah. uh, annualized. So and, I mean, that's a big deal. It's, it's, a, big, it's not a lot of deal. money, but I mean, it's what? It's it's about, um, I don't know, 10 liters or something um, in my car. So, you know, I won a little bit. So I'm proud. You got a 22-fold increase <laughs> in three days. <laughs> Like who does that? Yeah, some the FBI hasn't been knocking on my door uh, because you know I found the secret. The securities exchange. <laughs> yeah. So today we have a, re- a really interesting topic. Um, I don't know if you've been following this, but it seems that South Africa seems to be the only country that's that seems to be bucking global sales trends. Um, so we know that you know for what cars I'm for assuming. cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for housing, <laughs> but for cars, so cars, car sales in South Africa specifically seem to be uh, doing fairly well, uh, specifically in March. But globally, it seems to be the opposite. And I don't know if you've kind of read up on this um, as to why this could be potentially happening. Um, well, uh, you know, uh, as soon as as soon as someone says that we're bucking the trend, mm-hmm. first of all, um, I don't think it's unlikely. Uh, quite often, South Africa is slightly different as a market. Yeah, for sure. We're smaller. Yeah. Much smaller than other international markets. Um, but we've got to take something into account, I think, and that is uh, what's happening in Europe. So so asking ourselves a question, what's happening in America? What is it, What is happening in, in countries that are far away from that war? Mm. Mm. Is the same trend happening? Mm. Uh, are we beating them? Um, because I, d- I don't know if you can... Uh, look at Europe at the moment as being normal. Of course. From an economic point of view. Of course. Well, I think there's, there's, you know, another thing to just add to that is this is not specifically a one month thing. I mean, we've been seeing the increase in, in, in new car sales. 
Yeah, uh, but has the turn as the turnaround in Europe been kind of like overnight? It has been overnight. So in yeah. Europe, that's the biggest impact is the fact that they are going through a lot of conflicts, I guess. Well, um, no, they've got a war happening in the net with their neighbors. Exactly. You know, um, and there's so, a lot of supply chain issues. Exactly. So that's kind of the, the big issues. Whereas in South Africa, one, we produce a lot of cars here. A lot of the cars that are extremely popular and are aiding to this, we produce a lot of them. Secondly, there's new vehicles which I think in the markets we just have taken up really well. Specifically, the you know the Havals and some of the Eastern OEM companies. Um, so and demand for them is just you know we've seen it in our data as well. It's just been increasing to a point where it's actually trickling down into car sales. Well, the Haval Jolian is an example, right? It is. Um, um, it's a, uh, it's a it's a trend that. Um, you know, I think is is happening not only in China, not only here, but in other places. For sure. You know, so 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 the Chinese market um, uh, is is impacting our car sales positively. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So just for context, is there was about fifty thousand six hundred seven different units that were sold in March of twenty twenty two, which is about a sixteen percent increase year on year. If we go back to about a year ago, uh, I think we we're having a discussion earlier. ESA was kind of same place same place yeah. yeah so we can't really use that as a you know i think we can exclude that as 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 a reason it's as a factor, to why yeah. last year may have been down i just think that people in south africa are buying cars i mean you've said it many times before that south africans are they love vehicles well i mean let's be honest we're we're, we're at the southern tip of africa so um uh you know oftentimes i think south africa is so far removed from everything um, else that's happening. You know, yeah. we're, 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 still the, we're still a trade post. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. For, for centuries and centuries, we've just been... We're a trading post. Yeah. We're, we're a stopover. Yes, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, so our market is really, really small. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me that, you know, we, we're more resilient mm-hmm. um, the further away you are. And that's why I say, what, what is America doing? Um, yeah, so I mean, in America as well, they they've also I mean, there's a there's an agency uh, I think it's called S and P, um, and they basically had to readjust their numbers by about two million vehicles from what they they had predicted, because sales there has also gone down. So even in America, but I think America's kind of also involved a little bit in what's going on in Europe. Well, no, no, no. So yeah, American sales in March. Yeah, this is 2022. Yes. Well, about twenty two percent. Yeah. So now America is far away, but still far away. The but it's a big market and probably relies on a lot of the supply chain mm-hmm. that comes from Russia and the Ukraine. I mean, one of the big things that I learned in the last two or three weeks is that most of the ha- uh, wiring harnesses for cars, okay, p- particularly the VW Polo, yeah, come from the Ukraine. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that, yeah. And making a wiring harness for a car, you think about the wiring harness, what is it? It is it's like your spinal cord and your yep. nervous system. That's mm. what the wiring harness is. Mm. It, it's very much not an automated process. It is very manually intensive. There's lots of labor. And, uh, um, and car manufacturers are going to find that in the cheapest place in the world. Yeah. And apparently Ukraine is it. I see and these wiring harnesses, if you go and look at the factories that they get made in, I mean, a wiring harness is a, is a seriously say, is a, is intricate a, thing. Yeah, I was about to say, how complicated is it? Something that can be replicated, you know, by an OEM that's not necessarily… I don't think yeah. so. Not, not as easily. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a complex task, but to set it up is and complex and, and, and to of, learn. Yes. Yeah. I mean, remember, wiring harness, a big loom, 
with lots of wires inside, with lots of plugs coming out of the harness at different points, plugging into the headlights, plugging into the dashboard, yeah. all those things in the back of the dashboard, your uh, instrument cluster, your uh, um, you know your cooling system, your your the sensors. I mean, we've got more sensors all over the cars, yeah. and those sensors have to. Sp- they don't speak wirelessly. Yeah, there's no all connected. Yeah, a car doesn't use Bluetooth <laughs> to communicate to the computer boxes. Yeah, it has to be connected somehow. Yeah. You know, Bluetooth don't exist in in, in cars <laughs> in for cars. that reason yet. Um, so it's wiring the wiring harness or the for the sure. wiring loom is the is where it's at. So. So uh, I'm surprised that our assembly plants um, haven't been hit harder with the supply chain issues when it comes to wiring harnesses. I mean, if you look, I, I had a look at some pictures the other day of how they make these wiring harnesses. Well, we produce a lot of cars here. I think we would, for instance, a Ford or a Toyota would, would be producing it themselves. They would be doing… In South Africa? In South Africa. I would Maybe. assume so. Maybe. Simply because they are complete manufacturers here. Let's find out. Um, you um, know. But, you know, whilst, you, whilst you're finding out there, something to note is I saw, I think it was Ford, Ford or Toyota, um, had recently closed down their factory because of a different issue that we're feeling here, which was the, I guess, the flooding in KZN. So I think, you know, that just how in Europe they're being impacted by this sort of, well, the trauma on the wall that's happening there. We have our own problems and it's, it's probably going to, you know, in, in coming months we'll start to feel some of that. Um, but right now, based off these two main things being the pent up demand, which doesn't seem to be dying in South Africa, um, and the supply, it seems like we, we're doing a lot. Well, um, it's, it turns out that Hesto harnesses, Hesto he's, harness he's manufacturers, okay. um, uh, makes wiring harnesses for the automotive industry in South Africa, situated in Stanga in Durban. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hesto is a uh, publicly listed company on the Jobic Stock Exchange, big company. Yeah, and um, makes our wiring makes a lot of our wiring harnesses. So, so it seems like maybe we're shielded from this wiring harness problem, except the fact that the floods is happening in, in case it in. So, so we don't win. Square, <laughs> if we don't get something, we get something else. We yeah, make our own yeah. Problems. So I mean, I, I, like I hope I hope Hesto hasn't been hit by uh, yeah, um, by the floods. Let's have a, let's have a look because because that's a double whammy. Yeah, um, we know that some of the OEMs have been hit and they have had to stop production of, of vehicles in the country as a result. Um, but how deep does it go? Exactly. Uh, how many how many things? How are we compounding this these problems that we're having? Um, just something to note. It doesn't look like Hesto has been hit by the floods. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I can't find anything. Doesn't mean they haven't, um, but uh, yeah. but I can't I can't find anything. So one of the big reasons why our sales is uh, is looking good. I don't I don't know if you want to take a guess. Um, take a guess on what? On what? Why? Well, the industry which is leading to automotive industry doing so well in South Africa. Well, uh, I mean. Uh, I would imagine there is a nuance in South Africa, which is more than likely rental cars. <laughs> <laughs> There's no getting around you. You just know everything. <laughs> it is definitely rental cars. So they make up about 11% of the sales that happen no, in March. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to admit that, that rentals in South Africa yeah. are a big deal. I mean, we're sure. a big country and, and we don't have public transport infrastructure. So when people travel, they have to. the rental industry uh, you know, I, I recently went, uh, traveled to, uh, to Cape Town and KZN yeah. before the floods. Yeah. And I'm lucky I missed it. But, um, um, uh, the, you had to pre-book a rental car. There wasn't, there were no rental cars. Pre-book like, like months ahead? No, no, like a couple of weeks, two, okay. three weeks ahead. But, uh, if you had pitched up at the airport and you wanted a rental car, you, you'd, you'd, you'd battle. Well, wow, that's interesting to know. So definitely 
I guess more people are traveling now and they, they just need more, more cars because it's not to say that demand for rental cars is up. I don't know that. I just know that the sales as, you know, demand for rental cars has to be up because I mean, if, if, if the, if the sale of rental cars are up 11%, right? And the total, um, uh, growth in, in, in new car sales is up 16 and a half percent. That means that, um, um, only five and a half percent is, um, is, is outside of rental. So, so therefore, no you know, yeah. exactly. But, but the, the, the actual passenger vehicle sales to the consumer in the street is not as buoyant as rental car purchases. But rental car purchases don't happen as frequently. Like that's what, that's what I'm saying. It could be no, spikes fleet, and dips. Yes. Yeah. Like fleets, basically they're renewing their fleets. Um, rental companies, because you know, we do know that they, mm. After you know a year or two, they do change. That's why vehicles. taking a month in in, in isolation is a bad idea. You got to take quarter. You got yeah. to take a quarter into account. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, last month we did see an inc- an increase still, um, but with you know we're not going to see the rental companies making up eleven percent of of total sales next month, for instance. Yeah. I doubt it at least. But you might you might see uh, you know the results in a quarter um, in terms yeah. of in terms of the real trend or even on an annual basis, you know, how, how rental companies, uh, what percentage of rental companies uh, contribute to the growth. Agreed. So uh, top 10 uh, best-selling brands locally. Do you want to take a guess or can I just yeah, read them put out? me out of my misery. <laughs> well, number one, still Toyota. Um, they've been doing exceptionally well. Uh, they're one of the only few who has kind of stayed in that position. Um, when we looked early in the year, we saw that Volkswagen had dropped uh, from that position and they're still at the second place. Um, so yeah, I think those two brands are the ones which are doing best and I think they're going to stay there. Third place is Hyundai, uh, fourth Suzuki and fifth Nissan. But Haval does make up the list at a cool eighth place. Um, they've got into the top 10. They've gotten into the top 10. Mm. Uh, we did predict this about a year ago that we're going to start seeing them really really climb these ranks and to be at eighth places is, is is huge these 2036 units yeah how many of those are Jolian? <laughs> not too sure i'd have to confirm um but i would i would guess that it's a lot it's going to be the the Jolian, and i'm not sure if the gwmp series is let's tweet let's let's tweet that split to the 2036 in the and next couple of hours after this uh, goes live yeah uh, for sure. what is that split of that 2000 i'll be very keen to understand um if it's basically if a, it's the Jolian, yeah, the Jolian plus one other, like a cash car, like G, GWM something, yeah, the P series, yeah, uh, the P series, uh, or is it an even split across the Oval um, brand? Interesting. So who have they displaced? So they have displaced. I know Porsche was there at one point um, in supercar sales, but in terms of overall, I I would have to just confirm. I'm no, who sure. was uh, who's who's out of this top ten? Um, just so we've got Toyota VW. Where is BMW? BMW's not there. Mercedes Benz is not there. Mm. So, so one of them have been displaced for sure. Because, because, because Mercedes Benz and BMW used to be on this list for sure. I think they were both in this list. Mm. Um, I know Nissan just dropped the new Navara. It's gonna, which is doing really well. I know in searches, for instance, the Navara is um, the fastest growing double cab um, in terms of searches and and, and popularity. So, yeah. you know, yeah, but they, I mean, they're very high up on the list. So, uh, uh, you know, I'd be, I'd be keen to see, um, uh, who's new on this list. Have all we know is, but there's got to be one other to have displaced BMW and Mercedes. Agreed. So, uh, just to kind of sum up the segment show, do you think this is just a one month in isolation and people should 
we should just wait a little bit as an industry yeah i, I do don't think, think i don't think you, you can think? take one month as a, as an indicator of um yeah uh, of long term trends although it is an indicator of you know the start of something um if you really want to see whether mercedes and bmw are displaced uh, look at a quarter look at six months um i would say taking one month into account it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good month for Haval, and I've got no doubt that that's going to extend to the quarter and to the year because we've yeah. start, we've seen that over the last months. Yeah. Um. But uh, are there any, are there any other cars on this top ten list that are a blip in the matrix? I have a few theories. Yes. Um. I just, you know, how I love data, and I love kind of watching behavior, really. Um. And if we look at the different things that have kind of hit us. Inflation rates has gone up. Um, you know, there's interest fuel, rates gone up. Interest rates, sorry, uh, fuel prices have gone up. Uh, the floods have have happened, but still, it seems Ukraine to has be happened. Ukraine has happened. Uh, semiconductor shortages have happened, but it still seems to be kind of stabilizing or not not being as as not being hit as hard as as some of the other nations. Well, so I, think we, gonna, I mean, we saw this in lockdown. You know, South Africans' car demand just doesn't change. We just love cars. Yeah, I don't know if it's a love of cars or it's just we need cars. Yeah. You know, regardless, um, regardless of what happens in our country, we need the, the, the ability to get from A to B. And, I, and, I, and I, I, I'll bang this point home again. We do not have a public transport infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and uh, and the 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 public the only public transport infrastructure that is really effective is the minibus taxi infrastructure, mm. if you can call that an infrastructure. Mm. Um, other than that, we don't have proper taxis. Uber's expensive. Yeah, Lyft is expensive. Gauteng is only limited. So 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 people need their cars. Yeah, and and it's cheaper to go on holiday to Durban in a car than it is for the family than it is to fly. To fly, of course. So, uh, so, so we're a very unique nation when it comes to owning cars. I think, and and besides the love of cars, there's a need for cars. I think there's definitely a case study there or a, some sort of 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 research because things aren't getting cheaper. You would think that in a third world country, um, this sort of you know you know. The, Increase in price and increase in standard of living would would have a direct. Are we impact. third world or second world? I would say we second world because mm. I've you know I've I've traveled a little bit and you know but let's just say third world. Yeah, I've been to a few third world countries. When I don't know, like, you know what I think I think we have all all worlds in this country. Yeah, that's we true. were first, second, and third world. Yeah, because of the because of the growing uh, um, income gap, growing poverty gap. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and, and I think because of that, we, we have all three. 100%. But let's see what happens. I think we'll just keep watching it and, and seeing. We know that searches um, and, and performance on the AutoTrader website is still extremely high. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's, it you know, indicates that the market is, is very much still safe, in safe hands at least. Moving on, yeah. on the topic still of car sales, um, there's a very interesting article that I found on, on the website on AutoTrader.co.za, which was, do you have to register and license a car as soon as you buy it? Um, well, because I know the answer to this, um, you know, you've got a, you've got a predetermined amount of time mm-hmm. in order to make sure that that car gets into your name. 
And mm. the, the bottom line principle is uh, there are two sides to car registration. Yeah. Okay. And people often forget the other side. And the other side is car deregistration. So effectively, when someone sells a car, yes, they'll send a document into the license department to deregister the car. Okay. Okay. As the seller. No? As the seller. I have sold this car. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't take that car onto your name within a predetermined amount of time, the car gets deregistered. Automatically? I would assume. Okay. Um, you, you know, because you, you, there, there's two sides to this transaction. Yeah, you know? there's obviously the seller and the buyer. One that needs to deregister the vehicle and one has to register. And not the deregister the vehicle like <laughs> do, like forever, you know, in, in a day. It's really <laughs> just take the – yeah. it's not on their name. So yeah. it's on nobody's name. Yes. Okay, so the car's not – so it's deregistered from somebody – like it's not on anybody's name. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere in the in the ether. And there's – are you saying there's, there's a time period between when this needs to happen – Will the transactions go through or it doesn't really matter? 21 days. 21 days. Interesting. I'm glad. Yes, you really do know or everything I'm going to tell you. <laughs> um, so what I found is that there's two key things to, to understand. There's, there's a registration process when you are buying from a dealership. And then there's a second for when you're buying privately. And I think the process that you go through is different for both. For dealerships, the big thing is they want to get that vehicle out of their name as fast as they they possibly can just to give you know not have the liability anymore whereas privately i think a lot of people who are buying privately don't understand that the process is slightly different and it's not necessarily in the best interest of the seller to do all the paperwork for you mm. um so there's there's certain nuances that you need to kind of be aware of just to protect yourself and make sure that you're not dealing with a vehicle that's not necessarily in your in your name um, for the for the seller specifically. Well, I mean, as a as a private seller, uh, the thing you need to do is first of all uh, uh, send that document into the license department. Yeah. But also, when you sell the car, make sure that the buyer signs a document that takes responsibility for all fines, mm. responsibility for the car. What if the car is used in a bank heist? Yeah. Um. Uh. You know. And and. And it's still on your name as the seller, and you haven't submitted that document, or you haven't got a document to prove that I sold this car. And vice versa, if you're a buyer, make sure that there are no fines, or the car was previously used in a bank heist, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that you're not kind of inheriting that problem now. Exactly. So, so, so you know that kind of switchover is very important because uh, uh, the police will come after whoever that car's owned by at the time. At yeah. the time of well, whatever. I mean, let's say let's say I've sold you my car and it's been involved in a bank heist, right? <laughs> and it's still in uh, uh, my name. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, or I sell you the no, no. Let's let's put it this way: I sell you the car. It's still in my name. You go and do a bank heist. I haven't changed ownership. Yeah. Um, I just leave it in a ditch somewhere. You just leave it in a ditch. Police are going to go pitch up at my door. Yeah. You know, so uh, so as a, as a seller, it's in your best interest to make sure that. You have done the due diligence and ensured that the crossover yes. to the new owner is yeah. done. I would say there's two things there. One, on the day that the person takes possession of the car, yeah, uh, make sure that that document is completed to deregister of your you name. Must see it, like make sure that you can see that it's been done and not. No, no, you got to do it yourself as the seller. Okay. So it's it's a document you got to oh, fill in seller, as a seller. Okay. Yes. Um, um, so make sure that that's done. Second of all, have another contract mm. that makes the buyer 
uh, uh, take responsibility of the car for the car and That's agrees you. that this car has been sold at this time, at this hour, I'm taking responsibility. Including everything that comes with, I guess, this vehicle. Yes. What if they drive out of your premises and uh, go and, uh, you know, do 170 kilometers an hour on the, on the freeway and, 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 uh, and a camera snaps them? Where's their fine going to go? It's going to go to you. It's going to go to you. Exactly. So would you recommend that if someone's buying, or let's, let's use sellers in this scenario, uh, just to keep in, in theme with this. Um, would you recommend someone who's selling their car privately to allow somebody to buy the car there and then and drive it off? Or are you saying that they must have these two agreements to make sure that in, in a case where somebody does get a fine speeding, um, the liabilities is shifted. Still stands. Yeah. Yeah. So, so don't let somebody take possession of your car unless you've got three things. Mm. The deregistration mm. document done and dusted. Uh, not necessarily submitted, but at least signed and dusted. The uh, a document that both of you sign the, that the new owner is taking responsibility in all aspects for the car. Okay. The money in the bank. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably item number one. <laughs> of course. Otherwise, you know, do what Wendy does. Go and win the lotto. Go win the lotto. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's pretty much all we have. Uh, I think the headline for this yeah. episode should be Wendy won, won the lotto. <laughs> I think it'll get for a sure, lot of sure. engagement. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for joining us again, George. Super interesting. And yeah, have a good week. You too. Thanks. <laughs> lotto star. <laughs>